This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Astro Line. Astro Line. Astro Line. Carbach Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astro Line. Astro Line. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. See you later. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. My name is Jeff Blum. I'm here at Pluckers. I am here with Bill Brown, Jeff Bagwell, at 1400 Shepherd Drive in downtown Houston. They gave me the steering wheel, so I'm going to run with it a little bit. It took me about three seconds to figure out which button to switch, but it's going to be a lot of fun to be here tonight. I love that all the Astro fans are here. You got a big night with Jeff Bagwell. We also have some of the Astros digital media here with Lauren Blackwell and Danny Ferris. Make sure you hashtag that Astro line and get your questions in for Bill Brown, myself, or, of course, Jeff Bagwell. I don't have a hashtag. <laughs> you do, but we can't use it <laughs> yeah, on air. That's true. Well, so Baggy is here, and Baggy was in the booth. We're talking about hashtags, I'm just impressed that you know what a hashtag is. That's because that's all you talk about. <laughs> that is all I talk about. Yeah. I'm multitasking while I'm in the Twitter, booth. Twitter. Is that part of Twitter? Hashtags? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll teach you some things on no, Twitter. Good, if you got man. on Twitter, you would instantly have I'm good. a couple hundred thousand followers, <laughs> I guarantee it. But you want no part of it, do you? No. Not you know who's on Twitter? My man, Brownie. Well, Brownie should be. He kills it. He does a great job. Can we send you a telegram then, or how should we communicate? <laughs> telegram is fine. Yeah. What, what is your fax number? We'll fax some stuff over. <laughs> I don't know. So, so do you want to talk about your hashtag? What is it? No, you know exactly what it is. O. <laughs> it starts with O-H. Yeah, I cussed. Maybe ends I in a T. I cussed my first time that I was on the air. And then some guy called in and said, my hashtag is O. <laughs> and they ran with it from there. But uh, it was great having you in the booth this season. And it was a full season of Jeff Bagwell. One Saturday, or a Saturday every month, we had you in the booth. We got a lot of good replies. How did you feel doing that? I loved it. Uh, I really did. Um, you know, I, as I said when I got there, you and I did that commercial that I didn't know we were doing a commercial about <laughs> it. Uh, it's just a, it's a nice way for me to sit and watch the Astros play and talk about it uh, to the fans of certain things that I think. And, you know, and having you uh, there is fun because I know your humor, you know mine, you know what buttons to push for me to say certain things. <laughs> uh, but I, I truly enjoy it. And it's, you know, I have such a, a passion for uh, watching our kids play. It's You know, ever since 2015 uh, until now, I mean, I've never seen a clubhouse that I like every single guy that's in there. And you just don't find that. You know, there's always some sort of click here and there. And we don't have that. It's just a bunch of fun. If you walk through our locker room, you cannot stop but hear the noise and the rap music and all that kind of stuff. So 
it's an interesting time in there, but they sure have a lot of fun. And the most important thing is they pull for each other. So for me, uh, an ex-player, I, I really enjoy seeing that. Baggy, I am saddened. Uh, I'm very happy that Rachel is here, but I'm saddened by what's on her right knee. Yeah, you're saddened. Yeah. What about me? Yeah. I, uh, when, when mama goes down, there's a problem in the house. <laughs> because as soon as she told me that she messed her knee up, my first reaction was obviously about myself. Like, oh, I'm going to have to take care of everything now. So I have to take care of her. My mom just came in town for two months. I got five kids, three dogs, and I have to do everything. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, that's part of it, though. And I, I wouldn't be sitting here without my wife. So I am very, very willing and able to do those things. But, uh, yeah, that was sad to see her. Her first run was a 30-yard post, and she didn't make it. That was Man. it. That was it. What is your specialty as a chef? Steak. That's it. <laughs> okay. You, you make steak. steak. That's steak. all I do. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You've yeah. got some. What's your go-to? You've got to cook a meal. What are you doing? You can barbecue. I can get her propped up with a crutch <laughs> you could support her yeah, next to the grill or yeah that's about it and the grill i can handle as long as i don't burn anything that's good so I, don't, I shouldn't ask what a hall of famer does in the off season because all of a sudden you you're just a dad even when i got into the hall of fame i'm the same thing it doesn't change how come that doesn't shock me about you well it doesn't i mean you know it's great and it's a it's a, you know a, the best personal honor that you can get uh, as a player but you know, and I've said before, I mean, it doesn't define who I am. I'm still a dad. I'm still a husband. Uh, I have responsibilities just like everybody else. I go to the grocery store. I do everything like that. So it's it's not that Can big you? a deal. Oh, God, yeah. People in Houston are amazing. You know, they, they, I say, agree with that. they say congratulations and shake my hand, take pictures and stuff like that. But, you know, to take pictures and shake hands, if that's the toughest thing I have to do, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Did you happen to see the show on MLB Network on Johnny Bench last night? No, I want to see that. Great show. He's taking care of his two boys now. He's Mr. Mom, Plummer. I like it. Yeah. So there can, is life after baseball. Yeah, Johnny can be salty, too, so I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> it's worth your watching it, yes. Salty father. So yeah, it was an interesting 2018. It didn't end the way the Astros wanted. What did you see down the stretch or in the playoffs that uh, maybe indicated that they weren't going to be able to make it? Do you have any opinion on how the playoffs went? Yeah, um, you know, basically, if you going into the playoffs, I said uh, the top three guys. You got Springer, Correa, and Altuve. At least two out of the three have to hit. You know, as you saw, Jose. I mean, the effort that he gave the last month and a half with one leg to play in the playoffs. And, and the unfortunate thing, if you guys remember the playoffs, the first time in Boston, Jose gets on first, and there's some pop fly in between second, right, and he's going back and forth three times. And you could see his leg, and I said, man, he's in trouble now. So him being hurt obviously hurt us real bad. George did fine, and, you know, obviously Correa, you know, he was hurt uh, almost the entire second half. So that, was, that puts a big strain on our offense if those guys aren't doing When we're at our best, all those guys are healthy, and it strings our lineup up where there's no real way to pitch us. And, you know, if we don't have that, even with the starting pitching, you know, with a team like Boston with their offense, uh, that, that was going to be a tough thing for us to do. Uh, you know, and you got to get breaks. You know, the home run that was not a home run, stuff like that didn't go our way. You know, and, and things that went our way against the Dodgers the year before just didn't happen for us this year. How did you feel about watching Joe West go out there and make some of the calls he did? I know you've had experience with him. He's been umpiring for a long time. And then we see what happened in, in New Orleans with the, the yeah. pass interference calls. Some of the officiating is really under a lot of scrutiny. But Joe West really put himself in the spotlight again, probably more so than even he wanted to. 
I agree with that. You know, and I, I've said before, and I think we had a conversation on, the, on air about Joe West, and I told you some stories about Joe West. I love Joe West. I think he's a great umpire. It just it always seems like the big play, there's, it's always there's something goes on there um, that you never know. I just think personally, in my opinion, not just being an Astro fan, it has to be a home run first and then taken away. Because um, it was not like that one with, was it Jeffrey Mayer or something with yep. uh, right. Jeter that reached yep. his whole glove over? Yep. yep. This was clearly in the stands. But once again, it's a judgment call. And the only angle that we didn't get was because <laughs> the poor security guard was in the way. And that's, that's the kind of breaks that I'm talking about yeah. that yep. we didn't get. If that security guard is not there, then that's a home run. Baggy, remember that play in L.A.? You're playing first base. Yeah, the base runner gets hit about. with a batted ball. I love these stories, by the oh, way, when Brownie brings these up. And that's a call that I have never, ever seen except in that game. Yeah, it was right? behind me. Yes. That's the whole key. If it's in front of me, it, it's automatically out. And he called some bizarre rule that I've never heard of in my entire life. I still haven't heard of it. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, only Joe. <laughs> Nobody else. I mean, the chances of Joe West being there at that spot at that time, it, it's, it, the chances are not high, and yet he's standing there. Well, it's like the coffee all of a sudden kicked in. He went, hey, that was weird. i got to make a call. Because <laughs> yeah. that was the same thing with the instant replay, uh, reviewing the foul ball at home plate off of uh, Mookie Betts or yeah, right. Jackie Bradley Jr., and he immediately goes to the review, and it's not a reviewable play. So, you know, they say administrative <laughs> I know, challenge I or whatever I don't want to bash Joe because I really do like And he's yeah. entertaining. He oh, he's sure. highly entertaining. But, you know, he took, the, he took the little cheat sheet that the guys use out of the pitchers. Was, the pitcher was looking at it. He yeah. took it. And then, he had to, and then eventually he found out it was, he shouldn't have done that. I mean, <laughs> it's just Joe. But I'll I tell you what, if it's balls and strikes, I want him behind home plate. Yeah. It is. And it's – this offseason has been very interesting, too. It's kind of been slow-moving. The, the addition of Michael Brantley, I'm a huge fan yeah, of that addition. Uh, we had talked about another player that they could have added that might have made this lineup absolutely ridiculous. But the signing of Michael Brantley, uh, he's a nice left-handed hitter to have in there. He's a high-contact guy. Uh, do you like that signing, and what do you think his role is going to be for A.J. Hinch and the Astros this season? Yeah, well, I'll go back to what you just said. High-contact guy. When we won the World Series, we struck out the, the least amount in baseball, and we had the highest average by, like, 20 points. Yep. So we didn't strike out, and we had a high average. Put the ball in play, make other teams do stuff. Last year, we regressed on that. Our batting average as a team went way down, and our strikeout rate went way down. Michael Brantley, if you just watch him hit, he's, a, he's got a beautiful left-handed swing. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's balanced. Everything about him, he hit 300. If he's healthy, and like I've said before, is his injuries were like legit injuries. You know, they weren't hamstrings. They weren't triceps or they weren't pecs or things like that. Um, and when he's healthy, he's as good as it gets. And the best part for me, too, I got to meet him when he signed, and he's legit. He, nice. Yeah, he knows hitting. Uh, and everything he said pointed to being a great teammate. And so I think that's going to be huge for us. And some of the things I heard uh, externally from talking to people about Michael Brantley, they kind of compared his attitude a little bit to Alex Bregman's. Being a little bit angry, being a little bit of a cage monster, <laughs> taking every at bat as if it's the end of the world kind of attitude. Did you get that sense from him? <laughs> I do. You know, we talked actually a little bit about George because George uh, and him have the same agent. You oh, know, nice. and I had said something to him. He goes, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. And so, you know, and George, I've talked to George and, you know, everything's um, he's going to I think George is going to have a humongous year this year. Uh, but he does. He has the, you can see it in his eyes. You know, when you see somebody with passion in their eyes, that's what he has. And to compare him to Bregman, that's an interesting thing because 
He is a separate animal all to his own. <laughs> he is. He's definitely separated himself a, from the pack. In a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. You, you saw Blummer, and you've seen Lance Sparkman and other guys who bat left most of the time uh, take advantage of this ballpark hitting the other way. Do you see Brantley as one of those guys? Yes, and I think it's, it's a very – people don't understand that. Um, it's more of a left-handed hitter's ballpark than it is a right-handed. The best I've ever seen when I played was Jim Edmonds. He hit the fastball in the Crawford boxes, and he pulled the breaking balls out of the ballpark. Uh, with our guys, Brantley could hit the ball line to line. You don't hit 300 without hitting the ball line to line, and he has power. Um, Lance Berkman, I mean, Lance can shank balls out to left field, uh, and that's the key. But right field's not that far either. It's just when you get into the middle of the field, it gets a little bit yeah. bigger. Yeah. But these guys, you talk about Lance and you talk about Brantley, these guys are legit hitters that hit line to line. Uh, and when you can do that in that type of ballpark, you're going to have a heck of a year. You talked about George Springer possibly having a very good year coming up. One of the guys that I'm curious to see how he comes out of the offseason is Carlos Correa. Yeah. Burst on the scene in 2015-16, had a great uh, year in 2017 when the Astros won the World Series. And we saw a little bit of a regression last year, the injury to his back. Yeah. He's got a full offseason to get himself prepared and be 100%. And he has stated that he is 100%. Do you feel that this is a, 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 a not a make or break, but a really, a really a good year for him to turn the corner a little bit and become that MVP type that we all think he is? Yeah, I do. I think um, I, I'm going to look at last year for Carlos as a learning experience. I mean, you know as well as I do, when you play, you're never really healthy. Yep. You've you got to play through things. And, you know, it's not like football where you play through a broken hand generally or stuff like that. But it is a game that you play 162 games. You're out there every day. You're going to have aches and pains and things are going to – and Carlos had his first taste of that. Um, you know, to have a bad back, that is, if anybody that has bad backs, you know how tough having a bad back is. I mean, it's, it cripples your entire life. Um, and the other thing is, I don't think Carlos has ever struggled before. That's a great point. And so that's a whole new phenomenon in his mind of being kind of lost. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, when you're hurt, you got to make adjustments to kind of compensate. Well, and those were two things. He was hurt and struggling. Those right. are two things you're fighting right. uphill against. That's real right. tough. So that, that's why I say I think it's a learning experience. Uh, and the biggest thing, you know, obviously the best thing in the world, he comes out and he hits 380 for the first month. Yeah. But even if he doesn't, at least he has something to go back on to go, you know what, I get this feeling. You know, and, th and then hopefully that month and a half that he struggled, you know, goes down to a week and a half. You know, and that's the whole thing with baseball is it's such a long season that there's going to be ups and downs. But the key is the the down part can't be six weeks. The down part for the best is three games like Jose Altuve, who doesn't go three games without a hit basically almost ever. Um, to other guys that struggle, and they, those are the guys that hit 220, 230 because it, it's hard for them to get out of there. And Carlos is. Trust me, I know. Well, I'm not, I didn't say that. That's not <laughs> you true. You didn't have to. That's I read not true. Lines. That's, That's not true. Want. I know. I got to tell you guys about the home run he hit against us to win in 2005. Oh, That's why he brought Things that Things are up. going so well. No. So, <laughs> so Carlos has so much talent, and I think everybody that watches him goes, wow. And if, it, if he puts it together, the things that he can do on a baseball field is trans, tra transgenerational um, for a shortstop. I mean, pretty much to me, he's not that much different than A-Rod. He's throwing out these big words tonight. Very. Oh, you see it, but I stumbled saying it. Yeah. <laughs> you knew what you wanted to say. I do. What, I yeah. always know what I want to say. But it doesn't come Did out Did you there. enunciate or pronunciate? <laughs> pronunciate. <Yes. laughs> 
Uh, yeah, yes is the right. See, that's why I need Bonnie here. <laughs> yeah, but you're a broadcaster now. You can study and read up on no, things. No, I'm and a guest. Some of these big, I'm big a guest, words. Guest speaker. <laughs> do you like being the guest speaker in that booth? I do. The key is you've kind of embraced it. It's been awesome. TK has TK keeps Blummy and I in, in line. I was going to say because I, I'm a little him. bit different when you're sitting there too. Yeah, but that's what we're supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. So the, when it becomes serious, then that's the only problem I have is the Saturday. You, I heard that you choose what we wear, and you make me wear a coat. Yeah, I force you to, but that's also you know why I'm going to start sweating and you but laugh what at else? me. <laughs> Dude, you get in front of the lights, and all of a sudden, the, the waterworks are on. I know. So I'm yeah. starting to sweat now when you just said that. <laughs> don't be nervous. Well, I don't have any of the fans that we had in the booth. I mean, literally. Yeah, you don't have to tell them that. Oh, the inside scoop, giving the <laughs> secrets. <laughs> all right. You are listening to Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, live at Pluckers. There's people here. I want to hear them. Downtown Houston, 1400 Shepherd Drive. We'll be right back with Bill Brown and Jeff Bagwell. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbock Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and, of course, some great brews. So crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbock. Carbock Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. Back at Pluckers, it's Astro Line presented by Carbach Brewing Company. The fans have shown up. They're enjoying good food and libations and hopefully being entertained by the couple of guys I've got to my left. Bill Brown is here and Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell. But we've got a little bit of business to get to. Brownie, we talked about you being on Twitter, and rumor has it you've got some breaking news for the Houston Astros. Well, and a lot of folks who are listening probably saw that there's a report that Wade Miley has signed with the Astros' one-year deal, veteran left-handed starter. And uh, the Astros are not confirming that, but Ken Rosenthal has reported that. Uh, that would seem to, to fit a need if that comes true. Jeff, what do you think of that? Yeah, it's, <clears throat> I watched him pitch in uh, Milwaukee during the playoffs. Obviously, he pitched really well there and then threw that one pitch in the, <laughs> against the Dodgers and came out of that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but he seems like a good guy. That He just gets out there and throws the ball. Uh, he throws strikes. He works quick. Uh, which in this, you know, that, that can be very helpful because you can get in a rhythm right there and guys don't know what's going on. And next thing you know, they're, you know, 0 for 2, 0 for 3. So he'll bring some depth to our rotation. I think it's interesting, too, Wade Miley. I played with him in Arizona. He was a starting pitcher coming up as a rookie. But with him signing and what you're talking about, Baggy, he kind of bounced back and forth of being an opener, yeah. coming out of the bullpen, being a matchup guy. So I wonder if that's going to kind of play into the situation here. Is he going to fill a role in the rotation until – they feel comfortable enough with a Josh James or a Framber Valdez or guys like that to fill out the back end of the rotation, then maybe move him into that uh, bullpen situation. Or maybe it's a situation where Framber Valdez fills that left-handed void that they do have in that bullpen a little bit. 
So it will be interesting. I think it is a good signing. And the price, uh, yeah. according to reports, is, is pretty good yep. to bring him in for, for a one-year deal, and it gives a left-handed arm in that uh, rotation or bullpen. The only thing with Frommer, though, is he's got to throw strikes to be in the bullpen. That's a big deal for him. He walks. He's got great stuff. I mean, I watch him on TV, and, I mean, his sinker moves a ton. Yeah. Uh, he just got to throw strikes to be in the bullpen. So that's going to be something. I think what you're going to see um, – Obviously, with McHugh moving into the starting rotation, so yep. you're going to see a, a basically a battle in spring training for two spots. And you know that's what AJ wants too. But I'm with you in the sense that moving Fromber to the bullpen might be an issue because of the strike throwing issue. Because right. <laughs> you're going to load up on Maylox and some antacids yeah. watching that guy go out there and pitch. But he was able to get out of some of the damage. And Baggy, in today's game, let's just let's just guess with this. Maybe you start. Uh, maybe you start Fromber. And uh, he struggles in the second inning. You bring in a right-handed long man, and he, he gives you three. And then, and then maybe you I know put where you're going. Miley in there. What does that do if you're a hitter facing a team doing that? Well, it's basically how the game has changed anyway. Um, you know, you can, you can play a game and face four different guys in four different at-bats, which makes it very difficult, which makes it very difficult to put together a 56-game hitting streak. No, but I'm just saying, I mean, you've got to face guys all the time. Um, and I've, there is a trend in that in baseball, and I think that can be done for, like, you have that day where you have a backup to the backup kind of, uh, in the say, the fifth starter, where let's see what happens. Uh, I think that can be done. It all depends. And what I think is we're probably going to go into this season with our bullpen pretty much set for the first time in a while. And that helps that because if you know you got Presley and Osuna uh, and the other guys down there that you're used to, that that can maybe be the swing guy. That's good stuff. And, again, the breaking news, reports are saying that Wade Miley is now on the Astros roster signing today. Uh, according to Ken Rosenthal on Twitter. But we are going to talk about something in the Astros organization that probably has taken a little while to get going. Uh, this organization is now pretty well established, has a World Series championship under their belt. They have two Hall of Famers in Craig Biggio and the man to my left, Jeff Bagwell. And Bill Brown was the one who basically broke the news and set this up for the Houston Astros organization. They have made the decision to turn Home Run Alley into a Hall of Fame of sorts for the Houston Astros organization. Jeff Bagwell is going to be a part of that inaugural class for the Houston Astros going in. But, Brownie, if you could give us a little more information about that of what they're doing and what guys are going in. Well, Mike Acosta and Reed Ryan have done all the legwork on this, and I credit Reed with having this sense of history to be able to start this, Baggy, and wanting to give the recognition to, to those people, even though their uniform numbers have been retired, some of them, and, and some of them are honored in the uh, Walk of Fame outside the ballpark. This, this ties everybody yeah. in at one time and starts this process anew. So I, I think it's going to be great for the fans to see these players who are so deserving get this recognition, to see their families be on hand on that weekend uh, in August when they're recognized. And then it's going to be selective. There's a committee of 11 who will vote, but Reed and, and uh, Jim Crane will do the actual selection after this first year. And it's probably going to be about two people per year, so very selective. I think it's absolutely outstanding. I think it's a great idea. Um, you know, the Houston Astros didn't start in 2017. You know, we got some players back in the 60s when this thing started, the Colt 45s and things like that, that, that are a big part of people's lives. You know, you know the, the Cheo Cruises and the, the Jimmy Wins and the Larry Durkers and not just those guys, but other guys, the Billy Dorans. You know, you just keep going on and on um, that are, are part of what makes Houston Astros baseball. And 
where we are as a baseball team right now and all the success that has happened and the culmination of what we see out there in 2019 coming up, we, we are legit. Like, you know, we were kind of like, oh, the little Astros, you know, we had a nice run in the 80s, a nice little bit of run in the 90s and all that. But, I mean, we're a legit team, and we should have something like this so the fans can go whether you're five years old or whether you're 85 years old to go and see people that you've known that have been a part of your life um, through the years of being an Astros fan. And I, I commend Reed, and, uh, you know, he, he had the brainchild behind this, and Mike is wonderful. Uh, Jim will do a great job with this like he always does, and I'm excited for everybody. And part of the legitimate history of the Astros is Jeff Bagwell, and we've got Lauren Blackwell here who does a good job running a lot of the media for the Houston Astros. You had a unique experience also involving this Hall of Fame and Jeff Bagwell going in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, absolutely, and it goes back to Cooperstown. Danny and I actually got to you know, make our way on the trip with you to Cooperstown, and it was such a fantastic weekend. We got to talk to many Astros legends. Um, Former manager Larry Durker was there, Lou, we talked to Albert Pujols when he came in town. They all had all those special messages for you. And I have a question. I mean, what were your expectations before we went to Cooperstown? You knew there was going to be fanfare. I think Danny and I were both blown away by the response and, and the people that traveled. What was it like to have all those guys there for you? No, it was wonderful. Thank you, Lauren. It's, you know, I, uh, I saw a little bit of that when Craig got in. You know, we kind of changed the uniforms over. And then, you know, to turn around in the city and see all that orange, it was a pretty neat deal. Um, you know, and as a player going in, I am so focused on the speech, my family, and things like that. But the amount of Astro fans that came out, uh, the cheering that I got when I walked up there, the amount of congratulations I got from when I got in to till today uh, has just been wonderful. And, it, you know, I, I'm proud to be an Astro. And let me tell you something. I, I said before, the Houston Astro fans showed out, even if they couldn't get there. Uh, they've made it well known that they're, you know, happy for me and proud of me, and uh, it was something that I'll never forget. I think we've got a little bit of sound of guys being interviewed by Lauren Blackwell talking about you, Baggy, and I know you love this part, but yeah. there's some good names in here. They've got some good things to say. He's a very down-to-earth guy, and uh, he respected the game. He went uh, about the game the right way, and a lot of the younger guys that came up, you know, Lance came up, uh, Julio Lugo, Octavio Zotel, we had a bunch of uh, Richard Hidalgo. Uh, they came out and they looked up to, uh, up to him because of his behavior. He was a leader just by example, by the way he went about his business. This is a guy that got to the ballpark and it was the first guy in the ballpark and the last guy to leave the ballpark. They were talking about the game, they were talking about who we're facing next week. To me, the thing that stands out about Jeff is just his physical toughness and the, the willingness to to play every day, to go out there when he was less than 100%, especially late in his career with his shoulder, it was something to see. I mean, really just a, a gritty baseball player uh, and a guy that set a great tone for the rest of us. And hey, I know he doesn't feel great and he's out there, so I got to be out there too. And, and that's one of those just led by example, all around ball player. But really, he made contributions to the team defensively, incredible at first base, base running, something that I'm sure people mention that, but. It, sometimes it gets overlooked. He was one of the best base runners that I've ever played with. And so when I think about Jeff, I just think about a, a very good, tough, all-around baseball player. I thought he should have been a first ballot player. Using the modern statistics, I think you have to go back to Lou Gehrig to find a more effective hitter. And he was a good fielder and a good base runner, too. Beyond that, he was a leader by example. He was quiet. He didn't say much. He played with injuries. You know, if you were in the locker room looking at the training room, he, he played when he was hurt so many times. 
And maybe that's why his career was foreshortened. But if I had to sum it up, I would say that Jeff Bagwell was a ball player's ball player. And I'm not sure if anybody that hasn't played in the major leagues would fully understand what that means, but that's the highest compliment you can get. That was Moises Alou, Lance Berkman, and Larry Durker talking about the Hall of Famer Jeff Bagwell. And as much grief as you've given those guys over the year, does it amaze you to hear them say such nice things about you? They have to. Um, <laughs> Lance has to. <laughs> Moises is mi hermano, so. Yeah, I know you and Moises are tight. Me amor, too. Lance, um, Lance looked up to you big time. I know that. You had a huge impact on him. I did. But, you know, I think Dirk said it. What makes me feel the most, um, well, even all the guys, I mean, and I've said before, you know, my being in the Hall of Fame, my numbers and all that, I mean, I, I think about the teammates that I have, Blummy, and our relationship and the relationships that I had throughout the entire year um, to try and show each and every one of my teammates how to go about it the right way. Uh, you know, you don't, we talked about it earlier, you don't always feel good. Uh, in my last three and a half years, I can't explain what I went through. It's... It was tough, um, but I did because, you know, that's just the way I felt like I was supposed to do it. You know, I'm supposed to run the bases the right way. I'm supposed to care about my defense. I'm supposed to care about other players, not only what they've got going on on the field, in the locker room, and even off the field. Uh, it's not easy being away from your family for nine months. You know, we become closer together as a group than we do as our family at the particular time. And uh, you got to be there for one another. And I think, you know, my teammates are the if, if they feel that way about me, then I did my job. You did. You had a huge Im impact on the organization and inside that Astros clubhouse. But we've also got some sound of somebody on, that you had impact on outside of our clubhouse and played against them quite a bit in the National League Central. It doesn't matter whether I was a rookie or three years in the league. He was still taking the time. Here is a veteran, guys. I'm on the other side wearing a different uniform and taking the time to give me advice. And those are the things that I do in my career myself. It doesn't matter what uniform you're wearing, you know. I think uh, we all, as a peer, you know, we are family, you know. Yes, we're wearing different uniform, but we are family. And our job is to try to help each other out. And those are the things that I appreciate him a lot. And just the way that he go about it, you know, I mean, he was a guy that you said it was really quiet. You know, one of his best friends was Daryl Kyle, you know, and, uh, you know, I remember just Daryl talking about him and just uh, how amazing a great teammate he was. I never got a chance to play with back, but I played with Daryl Kyle and, and he always talk about uh, Jeff and, uh, you know, it's just something that you appreciate. That is Albert Pujols. As much as you hate him in that Cardinals uniform, he had some great things to say about uh, you as an individual and as a player. Well, and I appreciate that. I mean, Albert Pujols to me is, I don't know, you can say whatever, but he's in the top five right-handed yep. hitters I've ever seen in my life. He was, for 10 years, I've never seen anything like it. Um, but Albert is a guy that goes about his business the right way, and you can see what he does to the younger guys. I mean, how great is Mike Trout get a chance, the best player in baseball, to have Albert there every single day? If you know anything about Albert and Albert off the field, he is as good on, off the field as he yeah. is, you know, in the, on the field. And um, he's certainly somebody that I um, – it's funny because, you know, he is younger than me, but I also look up to him the way he went about his business. And he played every day, and if you've watched him, he's always had bad legs and couldn't run, but he was out there every single day. So that makes me smile and makes me happy. And I'm sure someday that you will be have, having interviews talking about his Hall of Fame induction oh, because sure. he has had a Hall of Fame career. 
But we are going to head to another break. This is the official off-season hot stove show of the Houston Astros presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Live from Pluckers at 1400 Shepherd here at downtown Houston. Yeah, you guys can clap it up. Baggy's doing a heck of a job. You can join the conversation by using the hashtag AstroLine on social media or by posting your comments on Facebook Live. We'll be right back with Bill Brown and Jeff Bagwell. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbock Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and of course, some great brews. So crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbock. Carbock Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. third here's Oliver's throw in the dirt Bagwell steals it he's a 30-30 man the first ever for the Houston Astros and the first full-time first baseman in Major League history to hit 30 or more homers and steal 30 or more bases Bagwell taps it slowly hit Tatis coming a long way and safe at first hit number 2000 for Jeff Bagwell in the same place where Craig Biggio got his 2000th two years ago on an infield hit Nice reception by the fans here in Montreal for that milestone hit for Baggy. High drive to left field. Bagwell watches it go, and this is number two of the game for him. Further out toward left center over the 379 side for number 20 and number 400 in his career. Now, earlier we were talking about Craig Biggio and round milestone numbers, and you start thinking about the Hall of Fame. Obviously, it's a fairly select group when you start talking about 400 home runs and a big ovation from the fans here in Cincinnati. And we are back here at Pluckers in downtown Houston on 1400 Shepherd, uh, brought to you by the Carbach Brewing Company. Some good highlights there, Baggy. Do you do you sit at home and pull out? Well, you probably have videotapes. Do you? Did you convert them? Cassette tapes? No. <laughs> no. Do you sit back and, and reminisce ever about how much fun it was for you to play the game of baseball? Because you didn't sound like you loved playing baseball in the clubhouse. <laughs> blummy, blummy, this hurts. I, blummy, this hurts. Okay, well, let's go. Then you go out there and get two oh, hits oh, and a home run. Shut up. You did not. No, I did. I, uh, no, I don't. I don't really. Um, I enjoy hearing that. I know, you know, certain things. I laugh. I was shaking my head when I got that hit, the 2000 hit, which was the same exact hit that Craig had, a topper down the third baseline, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> because when you run as slow as me and the, the throw's kind of close at first, you got to look up to see if it's a hit or not. And I'm like, man, this is embarrassing. Said the guy that got 30 30, by yeah, the way. But, Brownie, do you ever sit back and reminisce on some of the calls that you've had for these, for Biggio and Baggy going no, into the Hall of Fame? I, I'm like Baggy. I, I really don't, uh, unless we're on a show like this. Right. And, uh, no. No, not at all. Uh, the fond memories. Fond Very memories. good memories. Yeah. That got you into the Hall of Fame. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this year's Hall of Fame. Pretty interesting class that goes in with Mike Musina, Edgar Martinez, Mariano Rivera, and uh, Roy Holiday. 
Um, were you surprised at all to uh, of any of those guys going in? And then were you surprised that Mariano Rivera was the first guy to get 100% of the vote? Well, if you look at Mariano, if you look at the, the position, I guess, or whatever you want to call it as a closer, yep. there is no one that's done it any better than he has. I mean, it's hands down um, that he's the best. So why wouldn't he get that? The problem with the – not the problem, but the way the Hall of Fame has worked worked is that they don't consider that i guess a position like you know you got gossage and you got Suter and you got fingers and the, hey man i you know i had to pitch three innings and all that you just had to pitch one um uh, that's fine but that's not their fault no. uh, and they're there he was the best that's ever done it so you know once some of the older riders have been taken off the ballot then you got younger guys and i think you know with all the metrics and all that kind of stuff then that makes sense uh, I've, I've listened to John Smoltz. It really doesn't matter really how much you get. It's just that you get in there. But it's obviously it's pretty cool. I mean, he wasn't really stressing over that phone call. I know that. <laughs> Not uh, at all. No. Do you, so. do you think that some of the uh, writers... Uh, we're afraid to be the one or two people who did not vote for him? I, I, read a, I read an article about one guy that was not going to vote for Mariano, and he got so much pressure from the other guys, he did not even fill out a ballot. Wow. Um, so obviously that's the big... But you know what? At the end of the day, is good. You know, he got in. He's, he's the first hunter. We don't have to talk about it all the time. You know, Jeter's coming up next year. You know, it's hard for people to understand, well, how does, how does Ruth and Garrig and Mays and uh, Mantle and... You know, Aaron, not 100%, but that's just the way it was. Everybody, you could have said something to a writer one day that he didn't like, and he said, I'm not voting for you, a la Jeff Kent. But um, that's another story. <laughs> that is. Uh, the Astros spring training opener is just 23 days away. See your Houston Astros in action as the 2019 spring training schedule gets underway February 23rd at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. I want to get back to the Hall of Fame, and you talked about the pressures of the speech. Now, you're a, now you get to be the spectator. Is there anybody that you look forward to maybe going to talk to, or who do you look forward to sitting next to when you're, when you're listening to some of these uh, speeches? Well, I, I really, I really enjoyed um, last year for being my first year back already in uh, to listen to each guy and their story and their different stories, because when when I when I went in, I'm thinking about my speech, and then after my speech, I'm thinking about did you sound like an idiot or you know did you Sounds embarrass like anybody? Broadcast for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> mine too. Um, but I got this chance to see how each person's journey to the Hall of Fame was, and I thought that was really cool i'll tell you one thing i'm not a big you know i've met a lot of people in life you know famous people whatever that means um but last year they before when i was going up to be introduced i was standing there and i was right behind george brett and right in front of him was mike schmidt Uh, and i was a third baseman for a while um and then default got me to first base that i couldn't play and i couldn't throw like bummy (laughs) but i was sitting there going I'm, I'm standing next to the two of the best that's ever done this game, you know, and I've met Hank Aaron and I met, but to have those guys just standing next to me and talking to me like I was just a regular guy uh, and then sitting next to George, um, you know, during the event, it, it was pretty neat. I mean, somebody said something to me, he goes, well, where'd you sit? You know, my first year, where, where did you sit up there? And when you go and you eat with the Hall of Famers afterwards, it's just the Hall of Famers. And I forget who I was with. They're like, dude. There is not a bad seat in that house up there. I mean, everybody's pretty special up there. So it's just a good bunch of guys. And, you know, they're just normal people. People say, I don't play the game to make the Hall of Fame. True. At what point did you think you had a pretty good shot at it? 
You know, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, basically, you get to the numbers, and then other people start talking about them. And then you kind of go, well, I think for me, I just had responsibility to do what I was supposed to do. You know, my, my numbers that I had in my mind were kind of the threshold of where I wanted to be. And then if I did those things, I never thought about, like, oh, that I'll get in the Hall of Fame. I just think that that's what I was supposed to do. That's what my team expects me to do. And then if you run the numbers later when you're getting down towards the end, then you start seeing those numbers. You know, like Craig, you know, 3,000 hits was the number. You know, so then you're just going day by day and hit by hit. You know, towards the end it was day by day, week by the next hit he got. The yep. hit after that was the next Love week it. after that. Um, but other than that, you know, it's just, it's just compiling up numbers for a long time. Oh, that's great. <laughs> wait, I got one story about that. I'm gonna no, tell you bring it. I okay, love one wait, story when about, you start getting on Biz, it's great. Yeah, this is not actually getting on Biz. Oh. It's about Biz, but it's not getting on him. So this is the thing, as, as I said. He goes, it was like he got one hit on Monday, and then he didn't get another hit till the following Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm like, man, so I'm away um, for the summer, and he's getting, he's like five short on a weekend of 3,000. So I said, you know, I got to go back. You know, I just, I have to be there just in case. I fly back on Friday. I see Biz and I go, he got, I think he got one hit or something like that, or maybe two or something like that. So it's the next day. I said, Biz, I'm leaving Sunday, man. <laughs> I said, you got to get this thing done. He goes, Baggy, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not getting many hits lately. Brownie knows the story better. How many, I know he got five hits that, that game. He, he came back. Yeah, he, he got five hits the first day back after a road trip. That was it then. Yeah. So I came back and I said, I need five hits. Right. And he goes, I don't know if I could. That's exactly what happened. He needed three. On Friday, I talked to him. He needed three. He needed Whatever three he got, and he got five. Yeah. Right. And I'm, he's wow. like, I don't know if I'm going to get this thing. I go upstairs, hit, 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 another base hit that he tried to make a double. <laughs> um, I've never, and honestly, I've seen him make triples into doubles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. Like 90 of them. I could have had like at least 90 more RBIs. But um, I've never been, besides Daryl Kyle's no-hitter, I have never, ever been more happy for somebody in my entire life in a, on a baseball field than when Biz got 3,000 hits and how monumental it was, not only to the city, but to Craig, most importantly. I mean, it's a, it takes a long time to get 3,000 hits, but that's my, I messed that whole story up. My bad. Well, that's why we brought Brownie in. Exactly. Yeah, our, our, our resident historian. Yeah. And storyteller, it's tremendous that you and Biz got in and that you do have that relationship. Did you pay attention to a lot of the Hall of Fame voting and how the ballot went and a couple of names that are now no longer going to be on the ballot? Because Roy Oswalt and Lance Berkman are not yes. going to be on the ballot. They didn't get that threshold to stay on the ballot. Did that shock you? It shocked me. Lance, for sure. Yes. Um, and I'll say this. The reason why Lance, if you look at Lance's numbers then look at Edgar's, Oh, man, this, they're not, I've had this argument, too. They're it's not great. too far apart. Um, put it this way, whether he, if you think he is around, it's not 1.2%. No. And then Roy, I think his first six years, he was in the top five in the Cy Young Award. Yeah. It's just that Roy ended up getting hurt later and, you know, moved around a little bit, and that's why. But I know what Roy was to us and as a pitcher, and I know what Lance is um, as a player, too, and, you know... That's why it's nice we have this Hall of Fame with the Astros mm -hmm. and stuff like that to get an appreciation of how good these guys really were when they were here. Yeah, they may not get the national recognition, but internally in the Astros oh, organization, yeah. I am with you that someday it will be theirs to go up on that wall out there in the outfield. It'll be a great thing. Um, but I'm disappointed because I'm with you. The bulk, as far as the number of hits, 
maybe not as much for yeah. Lance Berkman, but like what Baggy is saying about the home runs, the RBIs, the doubles, the lack of striking out, the OPSs, if you want to get that deep, and even deeper with the OPS Plus, that was the one that jumped at me, is he's only maybe two or three points behind Edgar, yeah. yet he gets one and a half percent yeah, of that's votes. The thing I that couldn't believe of, it. Yeah, and, it, you know, and those things happen, and it's unfortunate. Um, but I, like I said, he's top three guys I've ever played with that, that can hit. Moises, Jeff Kent, and Lance Berkman, the best I've ever seen. They can ro- roll out of bed on Christmas Day and get two hits. Um, so it, it's disappointing. But I think, Lance, you know, I'm sure he's a little dis- disappointed, maybe Roy too, but they can know that, you know, number five over here thinks very highly of them. As well as I do, and I'm sure Bill Brown yeah. does too. This is our final break on Astroline. This is the official off-season show for the Houston Astros presented by Carbach Brewing Company. We are going to be right back one final time from Pluckers Wing Bar on 1400 Shepherd in Houston. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, Head on over to Carbach Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and of course, some great brews. So crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbach. Carbach Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! Get to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. We are back at Pluckers at 1400 Shepherd Drive in downtown Houston. It's been a great show. Fans are enjoying it, as am I. Sitting alongside Bill Brown and Jeff Bagwell. We've had a lot of Hall of Fame talk, and uh, we told you about the hashtag Astroline, and Danny Ferris is here, and I believe we have, uh, we're going to get at least one question from you tonight. Yeah, we, we're going to uh, sneak one in here. This one comes in from Facebook, actually, speaking okay. about Cooperstown Hall of Fame. Um, Talking about Berkman, unfortunately he dropped off the ballot, but who's the, who's the next Astro you can see uh, break into Cooperstown and get that Hall of Fame vote? Well, you never know, and the only reason I say this is because you never know as far as injury. Injury can derail all the great players. There's something, you know, something can happen in that particular time. If you look at our team right now, obviously the first guy you would think of would be JV. Um, you know, a resurgent in his career, you know, with how great he's pitching for us. Um, at the age he's pitching, he seems like he's getting even better. Um, so obviously, I look at him, and then I mean, obviously, you got to look at the little guy. Absolutely, I mean, he gets besides last year when he had a horrible year and hit three twelve. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he gets two hundred hits a year. I mean, it, you know, you can only add that up. Uh, but that's another thing. It, you know, it, it comes with injury and stuff like that. Uh, there's guys on our team that you see that you don't see very often play together that long. Uh, and you can see that, I mean, there's so many guys that are so young that could do so many things. But I think those are the two guys now, unless I'm missing somebody, that I would say would be JV and probably Altuve. But JV probably, you know, because he's older and, you know, he's got more, he's got more in the resume than Jose does yet. You know, because Jose's got, what, eight, nine years, something like that? Yeah, eight, he's got eight? plenty of game left. He's got a lot of game left. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, he's another guy that you're going to look at 3,000 hits. I think, uh, you know, if you want to go back, and what are your thoughts on Clemens getting in? Do you think that's ever going to happen? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll pose this question to anybody. You can talk about the steroids and all that kind of stuff. If you take away, you take your hand and you tell me, besides Roger, take four of the players, pitchers that you think are better than Roger Clemens. Take, take your hand again. Take away one for them. Tell me four guys that are better than Barry Bonds. I mean, I, I can't make that. I mean, I, I've seen Barry play. He was the best player I've ever seen. He was Not only could he hit home runs, hit for average, he'll steal you 50 bases. He's one of those guys that got to first base that I knew when he ran, he was safe. Uh, you know, I just he's just such a special player and, and a, just a presence about Barry. He's just a different dude. Uh, but, I mean, I just, you know, with Roger, man, I, I guess I played – you know, I watched him in 86 when I was in high school playing in the World <laughs> Series. You know, he becomes yeah. my friend, then he becomes my teammate and still friends. I mean, Rocket, you know, he's he, – if there's Marvel superheroes, he's the baseball superhero. <laughs> he's a rare breed, man, and he's he was just awesome at what he did. Yeah, he's a, he's a rare breed, but I also going back to the future Hall of Famers, I think Justin Verlander is one of those guys you can actually put up against Roy Halladay, and his numbers right now match up with some of those numbers that he's putting up. So yeah. in the future, I think that uh, Justin Verlander is definitely making yeah. a case for the Hall of Fame. I don't know how you feel about that, Brownie. You've seen a lot of baseball, but uh, he is definitely stacking up some sizable numbers. Well, it used to be 300 wins was the yeah, standard. A lot of those numbers that. are changing. You're right, Brownie. They're really changing. Yeah. You can't go by wins. Nope. You really can't do that. No, you can't because you don't have a chance to get pitched seven, eight innings anymore. Uh, no. But JV, man, he, you know, I, I, I watched him from afar when he was with Detroit, but obviously it being us in the National League, but to watch what he does and goes out there every single day, I mean, he just dares you with his fastball. Uh, I don't care who you are. Uh, and what he's done for this city to bring, you know, kind of like when Randy Johnson got here, that's what JV was. And we win a World Series with him. I mean, his career, if you look at the numbers up and down, he's very, very impressive. He should be an all fan for sure. It has been an absolute blast to hang out with Bill Brown and Jeff Bagwell. Yeah, Thank man. you, Baggy, for being on here. My man. And Great my, job, Blummer. And my crutch over there, Bill Brown. Great Everything job. I learned about broadcasting is sitting right to my left. I really appreciate these guys. They're both Hall of Famers in my mind. And it's been a blast hanging out here at Pluckers. Thank you all for Thanks coming everybody. out. Carbock Brewing Company and Bob Elliott, longtime studio engineer with Sports Talk. Thank you. Astroline. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astroline. On Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.